I'm Gabby Jules again. No idea the weather in London, but I guess we're just, we don't care because we're here in Doha. It's cooler than it's been the last couple of days. Yeah. But it's explosive. We told you we'd come back. We've had we've had the first few games. We've had Qatar. Yes. We've had England looking good. We have the massive news of Cristiano Ronaldo moving on. Oh, France. Did they play tonight? Yeah. Well, but, champions, baby. All right, but let's start somewhere else. We got to start with Argentina, the first big upset of this World Cup. Uh, They take the lead against Saudi Arabia, and they end up losing 2-1, two incredible goals early in the second half. Is this something, or is it just a little road bump? Uh, Only time will tell, I think, Gabby, because no one expected that, especially after they took the lead. They had three goals disallowed, and rightly so, even if it's a thin offside, it's an offside. But I never thought that coming back into the second half after the break, they would just be so... Just nothing. There was nothing happening. They could not defend. They didn't win any of the duels. No second balls. They were beaten by a team that was very athletic, very intense, that really fought hard and and played great I really thought that second half and Argentina just had nothing no ideas no creativity just no any response physically even to the challenge that the Saudis were giving on them we saw okay I I agree with you and, and that's maybe what I found most disconcerting about it my mind, and it shouldn't, it should not, because it's different Argentina. This is 35 games unbeaten yep. Argentina. Yep. This is Argentina, which, by the way, was on their way to, uh, to setting a new record for undefeated games. I guess that won't happen. Do you know who holds that record, by the way? No, but... Yeah, it's I mean, the current champions of Europe. Yeah. Uh, it is Italy, in fact. Still 37 games unbeaten. But... Um, well, you don't count the one they lost against Argentina. No, I do, but that, that, that ended the streak. It's okay. 37 games, and you know, I think I said maybe it ended before. I don't care. It's 37 games. We still hold that record. Okay. Anyway, what I'm driving at, um, this was supposed to be Scaloni's organization. They won the Copa America, the toughness, messy speech. This felt to me, in the second half, it felt like Jorge Sampaoli's Argentina. Chaos. It was really chaos. It really was chaotic. It was like, okay, Messi dropped deeper so we can give him the ball. Okay, who's going running behind him? He makes the triple substitution at the hour mark, and it felt like they didn't quite know what to do. Yeah, completely. I think he got the starting 11 wrong. I have to say Papu Gomez. uh, Lautaro's not a mistake. We can debate whether he's right or wrong. Lautaro's not a mistake. No, not Lautaro. But I think Papu Gomez is. And I know Lo Celso is missing, and you can see watching the game today how why lost for what he does. He might not be one of the best in the world, but I think he's missing, or someone like him is a bit missing in that team. But it's not a reason to lose your shape and lose completely what has made you so good for the last, what, 18 months or two years or something like that. Because that second half, they had no control, not of the pace of the game, not of what's, what was happening on the pitch. It was just like... Let's get the ball and try to do something. We lose it. We come back. Crosses for nobody. The substitutions made no sense. It was really strange. Um, I want to look at the defense as well. And we will get to Saudi Arabia. Because I think Saudi Arabia, we need to talk about them. Culture, yeah. we need to talk about the, the, Loads the, of love. the phenomenon where we are. But I want to talk about the defense. Because a lot of people had issue, took issue with the fact that Romero, starting the game, was he fully fit? Was he not he fully, fit? fully fit? People saying, oh, Lisandro Martinez should have played. Now, all right, part of this is the Muppetosphere, Twitterosphere, where yeah. they, don't know who, they didn't know who Lisandro Martinez was again until like six months ago when I played for United. He needs to start. However, 
between a Romero who's not fit. I mean, a fit Romero to me, I take him every day of the week over Lisandro Martinez, at least within the context. I mean, I play of them together anyway. But. I drop Otamendi. Yeah. That would have been the alternative. Please, but, please, you know, Scaloni, he's going to be. Yeah, loyal, yeah, of course, whatever. of course. But. I thought he was at fault for that first goal, especially. Yeah. There may or may not. Did it look to you like it was a deflection as well? No, I didn't what? think so. I just thought he just reacted way too slowly. That's not a fitness thing. That's a mental thing. Yeah, no, I think so. Uh, I think defensively, again, uh, but the second goal, how can you let the ball come down? He controls it. He turns. Then there's the little bit of skill and then there's the finish, which is amazing. And he might try it again. He will never score a goal like that. Uh, I was sorry. But still, there's too much freedom. I just thought they were no aggressive. But it is the ball... I'm really worried now after what I saw today and it must just be a slow start for them in the competition but this is a huge wake-up call not just for Argentina for the big teams in general you know my thoughts on Paredes uh, De Paul yeah. I am a fan I'm a fan of the Udinese De Paul the Atletico Madrid De Paul for now I can kind of take or leave um, but I think you're right what I want to say about the, the, the second Saudi goal uh, somebody pointed out and you can tell me because you've played at a higher level. You played in the fourth division. Yes. There's players in the fourth division who can hit that anytime. It's just the difference between that kind of player, between a fourth division player and a first division player, the fourth division player will do it with much less frequency. Yeah. Is that what we saw exactly. there? That was just exactly. a hidden hope. Exactly. And exactly. so Gareth Bale does it. We're like, all right, we've seen you do it before. Yeah, exactly. Then we praise you. This guy, and I just took yeah. a chance. And I just cannot wait for him to do it again. But it might never happen. It doesn't matter. Uh, Saudi Arabia XG was 0.15. They scored two amazing goals and they beat Messi and Argentina. Now, let's project forward for Argentina because in the context of World Cup shocks, and and I I said this in my instant analysis, and I thought, like, is this actually accurate? Because people are saying, people said it was up there with 1950, the United States uh, beating England 1-0, 1966, North Korea beating Italy, yeah, 1982, Algeria beating Germany. Yeah, although as we now know maybe that wasn't such a surprise. Um, although, and then obviously 19, uh, well, 1990. Yeah, of course. Cameroon, Cameroon being that's the obvious one. Yeah. Now I want to point out even 2000 Senegal against France, I guess the world champions at the time. Yeah, but it's Senegal. Yeah, like, but Cameroon as well. They still ended up in the quarterfinals of that World Cup 1990. What I would say is Cameroon is Cameroon in 1990 versus Senegal in 2002 in the way we view African football and the level of African football, I think Senegal was probably less of a shock, uh, less of a yeah, shock maybe. than, than maybe. Cameroon beating Argentina. Yeah, true, maybe. But, but at least they've got football culture, which is not the case from Saudi Arabia, really. And I don't think Saudi Arabia would reach the quarterfinals like Senegal and Cameroon did. In That's very true. To put it within context, don't give Argentina fans some hope. 1982, Germany lose to Algeria. Germany reached the final yeah. and lose. Yeah. Who beat them in that final? I forget. Hmm. Me too. Yeah, I know. All right. Me too. It was Italy. It was yeah, Italy. Of course, one. it was Italy. Paolo Rossi hat trick. How yes, about that? Of course. Sorry, look, I, I, I got to live through these little moments, right? Well, yeah, because they're not here as well. So every time you can. Daniel Orsato's here. That's yeah, a start. Yeah, um, and you and Gianni. And but Gianni Swiss. I know, but from we, we, don't count, we don't count that. Okay, okay. Otherwise, we're going to count Michel Platini, okay? Oh! So okay. <laughs> I don't know these days that that's really what I go there. But anyway, <laughs> 1982. Um, Germany get to the final yeah. and lose. 1990, uh, Argentina, Argentina get to the final and lose. And lose. So, 
Argentina, I think, sell very much in this competition, no? Yeah, of course they are. Of course they are. They, I don't think they can have two bad games in a row like that. The next one is obviously very important. Let's not forget that this was supposed to be the easiest game in that group. Then it's Mexico and, and Poland, which, okay, this is not Brazil, but there's still teams that will go into this game thinking, hang on, Saudi Arabia did it. Let's see how you look at it. If you can find a way of throwing Messi, who I thought, especially in the second half, was very disappointing, then, then you've got a chance. Yeah, well, we'll we're going to get to, uh, obviously, Mexico and, and Poland. I don't think either side was great. They, no. ne- they definitely need no. to kick it up a level no. if they're going to take points off Argentina. But let's talk Saudi Arabia, because let's provide a bit of a cultural context here, because I think a lot of people probably didn't know where Qatar was on a map uh, before this World Cup. But if you see... Basically, Saudi Arabia are the only country that you can road trip yeah, to Qatar for a game tour. And they've drive. done that. We've seen, I, at least near, near where I'm staying, just up the road in West Bay, I've seen a bunch of cars with Saudi plates. I've seen yeah. buses. Seminar I've seen people with flags. Well, yeah. um, that's something you miss from a World Cup, right? Like hordes of fans coming from a neighboring country. It's not something I thought I would see at this World Cup. If they are going to bring it, it's the Saudis yeah. who are going to bring it. Um, it's kind of neat to see. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, this is why we come to the World Cup, Gabby. It's for those kind of stories, those kind of upsets, those kind of, of, of results that we will all remember. Oh, yeah, we were in Doha when Argentina. And you feel for the Argentinian fans as well. There's many of them, 40,000. But still, this victory will be like Hervé Renard said, and we will show him a lot of love after. But in the history of the game, of course. Well, let's talk about Renard a little bit because just, again, for people who don't know, people who follow African football know all about this gentleman. He used to have the very cool long hair. He still does. It's not maybe not as long as before, but still, it looks like 10 years ago to me. It just, He's a very, guy very age. handsome man. He just doesn't age. But. Same tight white shirt, really tight, same tone body, and then the face. He won the AFCON with Zambia. He won it with Ivory Coast. At club level, the experiences that he had, for example, back in France, were maybe not as successful. I think he's more of a cup guy in terms of national, you know, national teams. But what he's been doing with that team in terms of discipline tactically, fitness. I mean, today, I thought the fitness was incredible. The runs that they were making, the last-ditch tackles, they were always going, the solidarity between that team, that, lack, that line of five, defensively, playing super high because every time they were quick enough to recover... Sometimes a little bit lucky, but they were always there. I thought to play such a high line against Argentina and Messi takes a lot of courage, and they did it, and they won. Really fair play. We'll see where this goes. Obviously, Saudi Arabia remembered historically for um, you know, that, some very, very heavy defeats. Yeah. But and a great goal in 98. And a tremendous goal from Saeed uh, Alouairan, as I yeah. recall. Um, final word on this. We saw a pretty horrific collision at yeah. the end of the game and you know I, I tweeted this out Jules I for some reason I am generally not shocked by violence and gore and injury and accidents and blood yeah when I saw that one when I saw I saw the replay I think they only showed the, the replay, replay once yeah, yeah. it is incredible the violence of the impact um, as we understand it he's getting treatment yeah. now uh, the goalkeeper felt you know uh, Alawaisi I think it, it was he just felt so terrible. Yeah. Although it's just an I mean, it's an accident. I don't, I don't know if he can really avoid him. He comes from the ball and then his knee literally like just punches Two his own player. Two very committed it's teammates. Um, so crazy. But we, we, we pray that he's yes, going to be well. Course. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough Saudi. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. One place to start, and obviously it's going to be Cristiano Ronaldo. Portugal kickoff Thursday against Ghana. But in the meantime, free at last, free at last. Was that, quick, was that quicker than, than, than you thought, maybe, than we thought? I mean, that was super quick, really, to resolve this, to agree, uh, of, to finishing this, this story, that, that return, that second spell at United, despite the goals, despite the hat-tricks. Wait, do you think really, it's that? You don't think it's a story about United threatening legal action and instructing their lawyers? And apparently having like a big file, not just about the interview with Piers Morgan. What, I just, it just leaves nonsense. me like a sour taste because it could have been much better or maybe he should have never go back. I don't know. But in the end, to finish it like this, I don't know. It's just For just me, sad. the big question is whether he got compensation. Um, Manchester United briefing and people reporting because it's their job as reporters. Yeah, right? yeah. Manchester United, they don't actually say we don't give him compensation. No, no. The way football clubs operate, they say, hey, you. You can't say it comes from us, but you have to say, you understand, or I am told that they didn't get, in, they didn't get compensation. Let's assume that United aren't lying, and there's no real reason for them to lie, because no. we would find out when their accounts come out. Yeah. Um, is it a big deal? If you're George Mendes, are, are you a little bit remiss in not making sure you got paid here? I don't know. I think Cristiano has earned enough money in his career. To like maybe not care about eight million or sixteen million or ten million, don't you think? I would think so, but then wouldn't isn't that one of the things that stood in the way of him moving in the summer? Yeah, but now they also know that it's. I and guess, it's just George Mendes earned enough money in his career to be able to. Yeah, although I think if you make it difficult for United to find this agreement, United can brief again and there might be other stories on Cristiano coming out and you don't want that to happen all you want is just let's move on everybody moves on United move on they may or may not in January go and sign another striker Cristiano moves on and he will have to find another club ASAP now the upshot though is we both agree it's good for United and good for Cristiano exactly everybody's happy now France, my boys, were playing tonight against Australia, Gab, and little scared at the beginning, but then normal service resumed. You were there, and I thought about you after that. Thank you. After, after France won a goal down, and I said, oh, wow, is it going to be France and Argentina? Nah. Uh, but no, this was one-sided, I think. And, and I got to say it, right? There's no Kareem Benzema, but this was suggested to me by somebody. What about, somebody suggested this on Twitter. If you don't like it, we don't have to adopt it. What about Giroud the Dude? 
Does that not work? No? Because it's more like Giroud no. rather than Giroud. No. Right. So, no, but sorry, right guy on Twitter me. who suggested it. Sorry, but no. But yeah. Uh, it was it was what you expected. It was almost difficult at times because I did not think Australia were going to be so poor. Yeah, they're really, but really poor. France got through it, and I think four goals just psychologically is a big boost, and that's what you want. It is. And two for Giroud, we were mentioning, which means that now he's got 51 goals for the national team, level with Thierry Henry. However, Olivier did it in eight games less than Thierry, so I don't know if he will... Beat him and overtaken him. I, he's got enough games to come to do that. I'm assuming he's going to score but one more goal in his international career, right? You right? would hope so, but you don't know what can happen the next game, etc. I, I want him to. He texted me before the game, between you and I and the whole world, that he had a good feeling that he would score. I said, you're going to score tonight. I knew he would. I knew he would. I'm so happy for him because yeah. this is someone that... No one believed in when he was a kid. He didn't go to an academy like a kid in Mbappe. He was not. He went to university, Grenoble, no? Exactly. He was not a prodigy or anything like that. He had to work really hard playing the lower leagues, fourth, third, second division before making it to the first division coming to England. And for him to be there now, 36, the guy deserves a lot of love and a lot of credit. Yeah, a ton of people have written him off. Uh, Kareem Benzema out. Now Lucas Hernandez, I'm assuming, out for a while too. Fortunately, yeah, there's another injury. Hernandez to come in. In my opinion, a much better Hernandez. Yeah. Um, that depth is coming in handy, Jules, right? Depth as in... We the only fact that you have such a talented squad... No, I know, but like, field. there's a point where I'm sorry now, we were 26, then 25, now there's 24 players in the squad, like, what's next, you know? But you went on about the magnificent seven no, no, or whatever that yeah, was, of course. you had seven forwards. Yeah, no, six. it's great. Okay, no, but ahead. I'm just saying, like, I would rather not lose any more players, please, now, because, you know, it's not, it's not ideal. It's another World Cup winner, by the way, so you're not down to nine in the, in the squad. Oh, only nine, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying that experience... How many have. That experience is precious. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, I'm sorry for Lucas. It looks suddenly in the camp they feel it's an ACL on his right knee, which would be obviously very bad. So, we really hope he's doing some scans right now. We hope that it's not as serious as first field. Does Theo have a backup too? I know then. I think it's you or me. So, I just <laughs> hope for them that Theo stays fit. England beat Iran 6-2. Gab wasn't Southgate supposed to be the old defensive conservative coach? I still don't like him, but... <laughs> he fooled us in this game. He fooled me. He went, oh, look, let's go with the back four, and let's go with Mason Mount, and, and, and then he's going to have two wingers and Kane. And guess what? I'm not going to tell Bellingham to just sit alongside Declan Rice like he's some he's younger four, Calvin one, Phillips. Four, one. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was Now, good. question. You did this against Iran, who, because of everything that's going on, yeah. on top of that, I think Iran had a horrendous game. Yeah. Can you do this against better teams? Can you get your scoring somewhere other than, you know, headers and set pieces to set it up because yeah. that's what sent them on their way? Yeah. yeah. Those questions, I think, are still there. Yeah, they still remain. But goodness me, you scored six goals. Yeah. This wow. is pressure off. This is things rolling. And hopefully this is Southgate believing, you know what? I have the attacking players. Why don't I use them? Exactly. He should have done that a long time ago, by the way. Credit to Jude Bellingham for the performance, for the goal as well, and for Bukayo Saka as well, who was man of the match. It could have been Bellingham, I guess. Um, but two goals from, uh, from Bukayo was, was a special night, I think, for England. And a good way, again, to start the competition brings momentum, confidence, we always say, but it's really important. And Harry Maguire hit the woodwork before getting injured. True. Sure. 
Sticking with England-Iran game, Jules, there was quite an emotional protest from the Iranian players. Yes, remember back in September in the last international break, they decided not to wear their usual uh, tracksuit top and they just bought those black ones uh, as a sign of protest. This time they decided not to sing the anthem, which is... I think one very powerful, two very significant. This is the anthem that was put in place when the Ayatollah Khomeini uh, got to power. So I think it's a very, very strong message sent by those Iranian players. Okay, the game after was a disaster, and I don't know if the emotional charge of that pre-match sort of routine, if you want, had something to do with it. I don't know, but I, again... Uh, they deserve a lot of credit for it. It was very courageous. From what I understand, not everybody on this Iran team necessarily supports one side or the other. But what they all agree on is, please, no more violence, no more... You know, this all started with obviously uh, the, the, the the abuse against women yeah. um, f- from the religious police, from the morality police. Are just saying, guys, let's remember who we are. Let's treat ourselves right, and then we can sort it out. Yeah. And then that's, I, th- I think that that's the right message, the message of unity. But it's uphill now for Carlos Queiroz. The United States ahead one-one by Wales. Gab, how did Greg Berhalter's team look? So he surprised me a little bit because I asked myself, okay, who are the United States' three best players. And Pulisic yeah. started. Gio Reyna, who did not. No. And I'm guessing he's not 100%. He didn't come on. And Brendan Aronson, who started on the bench. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what are you doing? And then I see Josh Sargent and his red hair. And yeah. I'm like, what's he doing? But I thought the game plan worked very, very well. Tim Weah starting, mm-hmm. getting the goal. Really nice goal as well. It took you well. I thought for that first half and the other big call as well, you know, Tim Ream at age 36 hadn't really been part of uh, the U.S. for for a long time. In a game like this where you know Wales are going to park the bus and wait for Bale to do something, um, you know you're going to have a lot of possession, try to play from the back. Why not have But then how do you explain the second half then? When Is it because it's still a young team? I mean, we say Ren, but it's a young team for most of them. And maybe either they ran out of gas, maybe the fact that they were in the lead and not sure how to control the game, how to cope, to deal with the game. Well, I will explain it with two words. Kiefer Moore. Moore. Hey. Um, See, fact, I read his mind. I even read his mind. And I will chuck the question to you since you're practically Welsh. Yeah, of course. Um... I want to ask what Wales did differently. Also, Gareth Bale, because I felt, other than the penalty, yeah. he really didn't do very much. No, not much. Uh, I was very surprised, I have to say, from Rob Page not to start Kiefer Moore from the, from, from the beginning. Um, I, I thought, Especially against Tim Ream, right? Exactly. Like, I was, was just like, what are you doing? In terms of matchups. Yeah, even if you want to play on the counter, all of that, I still think that Kiefer Moore brings you a lot. Not, not the pace on the counter, I give you that. But other things... That could be very useful in a game like that. And he showed that in the second half. And now I guarantee you that he will start the second game um, against Iran. So I thought that second half was much better. And for Bale, I, I think maybe there was a bit of nerves for the first World Cup game. I just, I just think that that goal, the way he took the penalty, the way he won the penalty, by the way, which was very clever, very intelligent the way he did it, um, kind of will free him now for the Iran game. So... It's good. I it's don't good. associate Gareth Bale with nerves. Not on the football no, pitch okay, anyway. Maybe not, maybe not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match 
with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gab, you were at the opening game between Qatar and Ecuador. You were more impressed with Ecuador than with the home fans. Am I right? Yeah, I, I wrote a column about this. And look, Qatar were very, very poor. Um, they were far worse than the level they were yeah, at. And nerves, I think it was nerves. You could tell, yeah. yeah, you could tell. However, I was just shocked because by the home support. Before the game, there were a ton of Qataris. And look, the way I know they're Qataris is because they're, a lot of them, a lot of people dressed in the traditional Qatari dress with, with a traditional headpiece as well. Uh, men and women, the men in white, the women in black. And they're cheering and they have the little flags and everything. And then they're only 2 0 down at halftime. A whole bunch start leaving. Know, More start leaving strange, towards the end. It? By the end, now, I've only seen this happen once before in a World Cup game. Um, in fact, I thought I'd never seen it, but from a host nation. I was told I'd never seen it happen before, then somebody reminded me, uh-uh, Brazil. Yeah. And obviously that was the Minerazzo. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, but that's yeah. a World Cup semifinal. Yeah, and it's a 7-1 You're Brazil. defeat. Yeah. <laughs> You're losing 5-0 at yeah. halftime. That's a little bit different, yeah. right? Uh, here, I was shocked because, again... I, I, it was a two-goal margin. It's not a huge margin. No. Um, and you waited 12 years for the World Cup in your own country, and then your team is playing, and then you leave. So I don't want to get too sociological. I've been given different ex- explanations for it. One person pointed out that, you know, this is basically 10% of the Qatari population yeah. was in the stadium yeah, that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's going to be a lot of them that are not football fans. And by the way, it's not like they all left. Many stayed. Part of it also... There's not a culture of taking public transportation. Maybe people wanted to beat the traffic yeah, to maybe. get home. Early work on the next morning. I don't know. I, whatever it was, it felt, it felt strange. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see the reaction, I think, in, in the next game. Jules, we were both very high on Senegal as dark horses in this tournament, but they got tripped up by the Dutch and Louis van Gaal. Yeah, although I thought they played well, especially in that second half, uh, where Holland were, or the Netherlands were very disappointed. I thought very disappointing in the sense that they created a couple of good chances early on, and after that, especially in the second half, until the Gapco goal, there was just nothing. And really, Senegal were in control. If, if Mendy doesn't make the mistake and Capco doesn't score his first goal, he finishes on a draw and I think everybody's happy. Now, the next game becomes so important for, obviously, for... I'm just saying, sorry, Kun Aguero is literally like... Like behind the door in our studio, and I just, yeah, he, he, oh, he distracted me. Fluttered a little bit. He distracted me. He looked <laughs> at us, said a little hello. Uh, that was Kun Aguero for you. Yeah, I think the next game now for Senegal is obviously very important against Qatar, a game that you cannot afford to not win. Uh, but I thought there was enough positive maybe to pick up on for Alucice to, to move on. I'm curious with Mendy right now. I don't want to make this into a thing just because 
his backup, Alfred Gomis, was was raised in Italy and could have played for no, Italy, right? Yeah, but no, he doesn't no, even but, play for his club. But uh, what I do wonder, uh, what I do wonder though, is given his issues at club level, given yeah. his injury, you know, with Kepa coming in, making a mistake in the opening game. I wonder if that weighs on his mind. Yeah, maybe, maybe, um, or just he lacks a. You know, a sec, like a quarter of a second. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But that was... He, I saw him after the game. He was really gutted as you would be. First ever World Cup game as well. It's a shame. But again, they've got two more games to, to try to make it right and qualify. And I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think they will qualify too. Mexico and Poland battle to nil-nil draw. As Memo Choa saves Robert Lewandowski's penalty. Gab, your thoughts? My thoughts are about nerves. Robert Lewandowski, wow. uh, I really expected him to bury it. Uh, I didn't think Poland were great in this game. I don't think Mexico were great either. But I think with Mexico, it's also a question of just the level of the, the, the players yeah, that they had yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. There was some suggestion that he might play Edson Alvarez at right back. Fortunately, he didn't do yeah. that. He Thank you. Um, but I think one of the difficulties, Lewandowski... Isolated. I thought Mexico did a good job yeah. in in sort of you know snuffing out the, uh, the 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 service to them. At the end, I think a draw is a fair result. Yeah, it would have been agree, a bit smash and grab with Lewandowski. Again, he's somebody just mentally needs to bounce back a little bit and kind of remind himself, hey. I'm not going to get the service that I get at Barca. Yeah. He knows this, obviously. Yeah, Barca yeah, and I got at Bayern. Yeah. I need to convert my chances. And Memo Tra, by the way, fifth World Cup. In his fifth World Cup. In the first game, he saves a penalty from one of the best strikers in history. Wow. Fifth World Cup, but isn't it like the first three he didn't play or something? Uh, like some still five World Cups. Okay. They all, all right. count, so, all right. you know. Uh, many also thought Denmark could spring a surprise jewels in this tournament, but it was a hard-fought nil-nil against Tunisia, who... I gotta say, I thought Tunisia were gonna be terrible. They weren't. They went out there. Yeah, and they played. Talk about intensity. I know. They fight. They fight. They jammed they, them up. Exactly. They fought hard. They're always fighting. That's for sure. The three-five-two, the five-three-two. Sorry, formation is always like that. They fight. They play with intensity. Yes, of course, they don't go much forward, and they have some good technical players to keep the ball. But this is not what the game is about. But they make life really hard for you, and that's exactly what they did today. Plus the support, because there's a huge Tunisian community living here in Doha. So there were Reds, like Tunisian Reds, not Dan- Danish Reds, everywhere in the stadium, which was great to see. And if you're Denmark, though, this is not the game you wanted to draw. This is not the way you wanted to start your competition because it's France the next game. Yeah, and I gotta say, Cornelius, and not just the I mean, man. Come on, but like, is this really not like just the, the name? What? Not just the name you said. No, I said not just the miss. To be fair, not, okay. <laughs> but yes, the name doesn't help either. I know. Like, I mean, like, I your options are limited. But I, I just wonder. I mean. Is this really the way? I don't know. I, I'll I be curious know. to hear the going in. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. Gab, we need to talk about the One Love armband campaign, of course, that everybody's talking about it. What the heck happened there? Like, what's so late and so, or so, yeah, so late before the start of the tournament? So obviously, for those who don't know, this is this was a was concocted by a bunch of European FAs who are going to be at the World Cup. Plus Norway, who's not going to be here, but, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll do it too. They've been wearing that. It. It's an armband about inclusion. It does contain a rainbow theme, and it's obviously, there's a very obvious reference to LGBTQ rights as well. Yeah. Um, and apparently the captains were going to wear it. They'd had no indication from FIFA that this would be a problem. And now, Supposedly, they were all told by FIFA that, uh-uh, 
you need to wear official FIFA equipment. We're going to give you special armbands with our own messages on them. And if you wear these, you will be booked because nobody wants to get their captains booked. So booked before the start of the game, which I didn't even know was allowed, to be honest. I think booked when you go on the pitch. You're not wearing proper equipment. Um, yeah. I, I have to say, like, there's been... There's a part of me that says, you know what? Take the booking. Make the statement. Yeah, right? yeah. I would have Walk out say, there I would have with the armband... You know, okay, so Harry King gets booked. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I realize, oh, but it's your captain book. But then what's the alternative? You, you, the alternative is you're saying, I'm willing to go and make a stand if I don't have to suffer as a result, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I no, mean, th- this is the difference. Right? But the then on thing. the other hand, I understand FIFA in a way because if you open the door like that for the, the, lo- the, the one love armband, then what's in the next World Cup? If someone wants an armband right. against Donald Trump, against, I don't know, against no. whatever. Because if you allow it here, you would have to allow it next time and well, the time after, no? You remember, this goes back a few years when they started wearing the poppies, right? Uh, yeah. in, in, in remembrance and, you know, they wore them anyway. They said, oh, we're going to do it anyway. And he didn't get punished. I, I would find it extraordinary if all seven captains yeah. got punished. You know what? And, and, I, and I hate to break it to you, right? Harry Kane... Getting a, I, mean, I don't want to pick on Harry Kane. It's not just Harry Kane. It's all the captains. Harry Kane. It's Virgil Van Dijk. It's Hugo Lloris. I don't think really minded not wearing it. He didn't want to. Uh, he no, didn't so want to wear the first one. That was better but, for him. But you know what? Like as I said, if you are going to take a stand, it's more meaningful yeah. when you've got skin in the game and yeah, you have to definitely. sacrifice something in it. Definitely. Uh, otherwise, I, I, I can see why a lot of people feel feel let down yeah, by yeah, this. Yeah, completely. And as far as FIFA is concerned. I think you need to be clear what you're going to say. If they told you months ago they're going to yeah, do this. That's, that's, Tell them that's months why. ago. Why so, so late or you know, right. so soon before the start of the tournament? Jules, I've been saying it all along as you ah, know. I had go. a sneaking suspicion Leave my club alone. that once the World Cup is over, the Qataris might not stick around at Paris Saint-Germain. We say, oh, look, we've created a global brand. Let's sell. Circus moves out of town. Yeah, you've said it. And they, now what's happening? Well, they bought it for 50 million 11 years ago. Let's remind everyone to start with. 5-0, that is. They apparently turned down a 4 billion <laughs> offer. That is 4 billion. From who? From someone who apparently was, I was told, was in Doha. Or where he's in Doha right now. I don't know if they're Americans. I don't know if they're... Chinese, Saudis, French, whatever. Four I don't billion know. for Paris Saint-Germain. Four billion for Paris Saint-Germain. Well, don't start taking the mic, okay? Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't... Now what it's telling us is that they might be okay to sell 10%, maybe 15% of the club to bring a new investor in, uh, to get some money across. Whether that's worth 300 million, 400 million euros, we will have to see. But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really believe the four billion either, but... I maybe, don't maybe, I don't know. Unless it's Paris. There's a new training ground very, that they're building yeah. that almost finished worth 200 million. Maybe, I don't know. Okay, so I think without the Super League, yeah. with Paris Saint-Germain playing in Ligue 1, it's different. You know, maybe they'll, maybe we'll have a joint Liga Serie A, Ligue 1, Bundesliga or Imagine. something one day, right? Yeah, but until that happens, it's simply the revenue model because you can say, yeah, they bought it for 50 million and now they're going to... I mean, I think realistically I could see it going for one, one and a half billion, right? Chelsea yeah, went for two and a half billion and yeah. Chelsea are in, are in the Premier League, which right now is yeah. a license to print yeah. money. Um, but what we need to remember, 
they spent a ton of money on the club and racked yeah. up enormous losses over the years. This is all investment that went into the yeah, club. Yeah. So it's not like they're going to, you know, 100x their, their investment. Let's yeah. be clear on that. No, exactly. Gab, uh, many were surprised at the amount of injury time that we've seen so far in this competition. Can you help us understanding where this is all coming from? We've seen like 14 minutes, well, you 10 weren't surprised. Minutes. We weren't surprised because Pierluigi Colina told us, he told us it was going to be like this. Before yes. the whole world. On the Gab and Jules podcast, Gab and Jules meets with Pierluigi Colina. He explained it. it. It's, it's up there. You should check it out. Um, yeah, it's very simple. Um, and he, he, he says he did this in Russia as well. I don't remember. It was so definitely much. longer. I yeah. don't remember so much. But basically, the idea is they want to be fair, so they get the fourth official to go and count. All right, how much time is lost for goal celebrations, yeah. uh, for injuries, yeah. and in time wasting? And you know, you know what, what, what the fourth official does and substitutions. Yeah. So fourth official adds it all up. And remember, there's five substitutions now, right? Um, and then they add to that the amount of time lost through VAR, yeah. if any. And then this is the time you had on. None of this, like in the past, Fergie time. And he confessed to us. Referees no, in the past were just guessing when he said, oh, two minutes, four minutes. They you were know. showing, do you remember they were showing the guy with the ball, uh, four, <laughs> yeah, five? Exactly. Okay. So this is much, much better, I yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. Plenty out there reporting that Pep Guardiola has agreed a two year extension with Manchester City through 2025. Should be announced very shortly. Yeah. Uh, this makes sense, right, Jules? Well, I think so, although I know we keep saying that he's never stayed that long. I mean, he's never stayed more than four years anyway. That would be, really he arrived in the summer, 20, is summer 2016, so that would be nine years uh, if he stays until the summer 2025, which would be incredible. I think he feels he's in the right club with a squad that at some point will need a bit of rebuilding because some players are out of contract, some players have left already. There's new blood, of course, in Erling Haaland and Julian Alvarez who've come already. But I think he sees that as a, as a fantastic project and I think he's right. So that, I yeah. think everybody would be happy. Pep, the fans, the players, the club, everybody. I think also if you're Pep Guardiola, contracts only really mean... People are like, oh, there's no break clause. Contracts okay. mean so much. Yeah. You've earned, your relationship yeah. is such yeah, that you, know, you can string them along. It's not like they're like... It's not like they went to and said, Pep, if you don't make up your mind about this extension, you know, we're going to let you go in the yeah. summer. And then, no, it wasn't going to happen. Spain begin their campaign against Costa Rica. But Gab, what do you make of recent Enrique taking to Twitch to chat to the fans? I think it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, I saw uh, it the other day. He had 100,000 people listening, It's watching. so weird, too, because it's not like he's sitting there talking. He's like... You know, he, <laughs> he looks like he's, I don't know what, what he's doing, but like, you know, he'll be silent for a while, he scratches his chin, and he answers some messages, then he'll call out to somebody. Maybe he will come. I mean, this is it, the beginning of that. You know, maybe if he's he comfortable doing that, I'm telling you. But you I, know, I thought he was never really comfortable with talking and media anyway. I, I don't, he is unlike anybody else at this World <laughs> Cup. Uh, that's why we love him. You got to take the good yeah. with the bad. I yeah, think. completely, completely. Jules, we saw some rather dubious attendance figures in the first few games. I mean, I love this. Absolutely love this. So, uh, Capacity Stadium, albeit the, the, where you were for the opening game, is 60,000. Capacity, okay, there's just 60,000 seats in that stadium. However, the attendance for that game is 67,000. So, somehow, they found 7,000 pe more people somewhere, maybe sat between seats. I don't know, somewhere. Maybe they're very small. Maybe, maybe they were children. So maybe they were children. Maybe we can animals as well if, if some got in. I just don't know. Maybe, like, maybe staff? I mean, I don't know yeah. anything. But now, that's FIFA have explained, not, not FIFA, they? actually, the local organizing okay. committee 
they have explained that the capacity obviously depends on the event, and they kind of did a recount of the seats. I love this. It's not easy I to count. You, should, you ever tried counting and to 60,000? No, I think true. they probably started counting and then just got bored. And said, I just right, think it's, it's the 60. amount of tickets that you sell, and you know, that, that, but if, they might have sold 67 for 60,000 60, seat stadium. I don't know. But there was also a lot of empty seat not so much in the opening game but in the other game so I'm not I'm not sure about the counting but anyway this was just funny because you know <laughs> it was it was crazy Gianni Infantino's press conference uh, when was it again maybe Saturday it was Friday, Saturday it was Saturday was maybe overshadowed by the football itself gap but it probably will go down in history I mean you were there you, I guess you you sat down. You were ready. He he comes up to the uh, to the I, stage, and then what happened in your head? So the first thing was, you know, normally it's a press conference. Normally these things, he talks for like two or three minutes, and then you have questions. Yeah. No, here, I lost count. I wrote forty-five minutes in my story. I think others have counted more than an hour, and. Basically, his point was that he feels everybody's been against Cutter and yeah. treated Cutter unfairly. But it was the quote where he kind of says, like, you know, where he says, like, you know, today I feel Qatari. Fine, I get it, right? Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Kennedy, he's yeah, behind Berlin. Yeah, yeah. But then it goes further, right? Then he's like, you know, today I am disabled. <laughs> today I am gay. Today I feel like a woman. He said that yeah, too yeah, later yeah, on. Yeah. Like, I, now it's, it just you know him well. You didn't have, you didn't, you know him well, you know FIFA well. You didn't, no one knew about that kind of speech was coming up. No, and I think he wanted to give a speech about inclusion to show off FIFA. Was, and you know, it's funny, people pointed out, um, Andrew Cuomo, the, the former governor of New York, at the peak of COVID, he came out and he gave a very similar speech. And clearly that's where Infantino got it from. Yeah. That one was well received. But I think a lot of it is in the delivery. It's in reading the room. It's in knowing your audience, who you're talking to. This just totally fell flat. Yeah. And... When he went on and on and kept attacking, then he turned it into an argument about colonialism and stuff like that. God, you know, yeah, I get it. You're, it got, you're like yeah, sticking up for the Qataris. And, and lost in the whole thing was also some of the positive things that they've done. Like the, you know, we, we've talked about the importance of a migrant center, the International yeah, Labor, uh, the ILO, United Nations International Labor Office or International yeah. Labor Organization is going to set up a private, uh, a permanent base here so they can help monitor this. All of this gets lost. And... And then at the end, another extraordinary moment, a, a very brave moment, which I'm told was entirely unscripted, but right. up on stage is Johnny Infantino and you know UEFA's head of media, sorry, UEFA, FIFA's head of media relations, Brian Swanson, who, who's gay. Uh, I don't know how out he was to different people. I mean, yeah. many of us knew this. But at some point, he just gets up and he says, and I have to say as a gay man that, you know, uh, I, I see the real Johnny Infantino. I know him privately. I feel comfortable in in, in, in Cutter and so on. Very powerful. Yeah. I don't know how people but take again, it. Yeah, I, it was just an extraordinary moment. Um, I, and again, boomerang for Johnny. I think in terms of perception, in terms of, but yeah, you sort of thought like, all right, people are going to refer yeah, back to this one. Definitely. Jules, we've had a colleague detained for wearing a shirt with a rainbow flag, and another colleague detained for a flag of <laughs> really weird. I mean, this one of is... Pernambuco State in Brazil, which apparently I didn't. I was not familiar with no, the Pernambuco neither, State. Neither I, I assume it's where Juninho Pernambucano is from, I right? I believe so. Yeah, uh, the, the master of free kicks. Yeah, um, which apparently is very colorful. He was detained because somebody mistook it for a rainbow flag. Like, the story here isn't that they've detained no. him. The story here is they said, you will not be detained for this. They were detained, and then they were let go. 
Is this just miscommunication with the security yeah, people? Yeah, I think maybe. And maybe we also saw the um, those hats that some of the Welsh fans were wearing, you know, uh, with with the rainbow, sort of the rainbow colours on them and being asked to remove, to kind of remove them or not wear them. Then the, the Welsh FA was not happy with that. I, I, you know, I understand the the armbands. I, I get it all, uh, but I don't think this is helping anyone. I'm, you know, not not Qatar, not the World Cup. Not sure if it's a good idea to try to get in with a with a rainbow uh, t-shirt on or stuff, something like that at the moment because it's quite a sensitive issue, right? It's a sensitive issue, but what bugs me, why is, you know, this is a country which is run by one guy, right? The, the Emir. Yeah. When they made a deal with FIFA, and presumably he knows his country, there aren't many people who live here, as we know. There's 300,000 Qataris in total. Uh, he said, okay, we'll have this, we'll have that. We'll have Budweiser beer in these, yeah. sponsor in these tents, in these areas, but not yeah, these ones, like- and so on. Rainbow flags, it took them forever. They said, rainbow flags are okay. We've decided, you know, we're not going to go this and that. You can't then change your mind, right? And you have to, and I'm sure he has, yeah. I'm, I'm not just the Amir's changed his mind. Well, on the beer, clearly he has, but I, but that was also motivated by the reaction of people, where people would supposedly be with families and children, saying like, "Well, we don't really, you know, we, we're not going to go to the fan fest. Maybe there's drunk fans, blah blah blah. We're not comfortable. We're not used to being yeah, that." Which you is know. a fair point. Wait, Jules, let's remind everyone that in, in this part of the world, I mean, in this country, they don't yeah. drink alcohol, so it's a very different culture and approach to to alcohol, to beers, exactly. to wine than in Europe or in the US like, or wherever. Our, our, our kids grew up in London, right? They're used to, they're used to seeing drunk people because <laughs> sometimes at, in pubs or whatever, you see that, right? Yeah. They're not freaked out by it. If you're never around alcohol, that may totally freak yeah, you out, completely. which, which completely. I understand. But this business with the flags, I mean, you made the rules, you said the rules, you need to make sure your security people know what the rules yeah, are. I agree. And, you need to, and I think you need to stick by, by the rules that you had before. Definitely. Sky News reporting that the Glazer family are about to announce that they are seeking investors in Manchester United. Some, of, some people would be happy with that. This could mean minority investment or like Liverpool or maybe an outright sell of the club like Liverpool. Gav? I think this is pretty extraordinary. Supposedly they will make the announcement short, shortly. Um, it's been suggested that the Rain Group, the sort of the boutique firm who handled the, the sale of Chelsea, that they've been commissioned uh, to find investors and buyers. I think it's going to be a very different process because Manchester United are listed on the stock exchange. So there's a whole bunch of disclosure rules yeah. that they're going to have to go through. Um, Obviously, the Glazer family, enormously unpopular yeah. with United fans, <laughs> to, say the least, yeah. uh, to say the least. So I think, you know, from United fans' perspective, between the Cristiano thing being resolved so quickly, yeah. and this, it's a banner-freaking it's day. A week. It's a good week. It's a good day. It's a good week. After 17 years, the Glazer, the club, that will be the end, of, the end of, a, of a long, big era. Yeah. What is curious about this, and maybe this is the only caveat I would throw out there, you know, it's been suggested by a bunch of people that in the case of Fenway, who are also, of course, looking for, for, as we've reported before, maybe it was a case where they already had an interested party, and then they said, all right, let's throw it out to other people to see if we can bid them up, generate more interested. I'm not sure Manchester United, because they're on the stock market, I'm not sure they're allowed to do that. So I'm not sure okay. that that's the situation. I'm not sure that their buyers already lined up because, again, they have to follow fairly strict yeah, rules yeah, here. Yeah. Um, but I don't think United fans clear. This is the prospect no. of having 
people come in yeah. um, and people will now instantly speculate about the, the, the sale price. I've already seen it. Four billion, five billion, nine billion. Everybody, yeah. just chill. <laughs> just chill, okay? <laughs> Jules, this brings us to an end, but you know what? It was like four days between our last two shows. You want to come back in 48 hours? Oh, yeah. I do this all over again? Yeah, definitely. Because by that point, I will have gone to see Germany. I will have gone to see Brazil. Uh, Spain will have played. Well, I would have seen Belgium played against all Canada as well. All the big boys yes. out there. Until then, love the game. Love you, game. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.